going to invite him up, and he's going to share with you what he's got from the Lord. And um, let's give Brother Martin our attention tonight. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I've been having a scripture kind of turning in my spirit for the last, I say it was the last week. I was here last week with you, and uh, I don't know, for some reason I, I didn't share it. Um, I had a lot going on that day. I was on probation for 20 plus years, and I was released from probation last Wednesday. But I really wanted to share this scripture because it's been speaking to me and it's been jumping out at me. And I'm going to read it. This is the first time that I've read it. For some of you, I want to welcome the guests that are here, the young men that are here. When I first walked in this building, I remember sitting in the back also, and I found it real hard to talk about the things of God. I mean, I knew it was something that I desired and it was something that I wanted, but it was still a process that I was going through because I was still holding on to some things, and it was part of it was my identity and who I was. Okay, so when I sat back there in the back, a lot of times when it came time to worship and praise, my hands were at my side. They were kind of heavy. I didn't want to lift them up. I kind of looked left and right, thought the people were watching me. Okay, but... Bishop one day seen me sitting back there, and he pointed at me, and he's like, and ever since then, I've been in the front, okay? But I want to share this scripture with you. I don't want to take up too much time. It's out of uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. And I believe the Apostle Paul wrote this. It's an epistle. It's a letter. And uh, this is titled here. It says, The Christian's Walk. Okay, so I'm going to read from 17 till, till it's finished. So this, this I say and solemnly affirm, together with the Lord, this is out of the Amplified, so you know. Okay, so um, with the Lord as in his presence, that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles. I believe today we are the Gentile people. So we must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live in the futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. Uh, for their moral understanding is darkened, and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God. Okay, when I, when I read a little bit about this, talking about being alienated from God, and the mind being clouded, that's what my mind was when I came to God. My mind was clouded. There was really not a whole lot of understanding, not a whole lot of clarification of the word of God. I started reading while I was in prison. And I had some understanding, a little bit of the word, but not a whole lot. Okay, so as I started to get further in my walk with God, the word started to become alive. And the word is truth. It is alive. The word will give your life purpose. It will give it direction. So this is, what I'm, this is what I'm seeing here, and this is what I'm sharing for my life. You know, so, you know, so with no sharing it, this is because of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deep-seated within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of the heart. This heart used to be really, really hard, really, really insensitive to people, persons, places, myself. I was really insensitive to myself. You know, since this, speak, this scripture was speaking to me, real, a lot of insensitivity of the heart. You know, and they, the ungodly, in their spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, have given themselves over as prey. You know, prey is something that is hunted and killed. Okay, this is something that I was doing with my life. I was giving myself over to the things of the world. I was giving myself as a prey, a victim to the things of the world, which were drugs, alcohol, things that I were entertaining in my life. I was becoming a victim of that, not really realizing that. But when you start becoming a victim and a prey of something, 
you start to lose things because you start to die. That's what prey is. It's hunted and it's killed. So things in my, things in my life were, 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 were slowly and gradually going away, if not fully taken away. Um, so, you know, so they're fully giving themselves over as prey to unbridled sens- sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way. See, I didn't learn Christ through all of that stuff that I was living. Yeah, I heard people talking about Christ, people inviting me to Christ. Um, but it was the callousness of my heart, not wanting to listen to it, kind of like, oh, I don't got time for that. I don't got time for the church people. Um, that's really not for me. Um, what does that look like for me? What are people going to think? Um, those are things that, that sometimes can influence us, especially like coming through the door for myself when I was new. It was like, well, where do I fit in? Because it seems like all throughout life, there's always a group or some type of people that somebody's trying to fit in with. And it's not always about fitting in anymore. So while God wants to fit you in, because he's going to fit you in and he's going to place you somewhere. But we have to continue in that walk and we have to continue it and go through it. And these are things that were turning in my spirit for myself. Because these were things that this scripture was revealing to me about myself when I walked through the door. Two years later, now here I am standing up here sharing with you what God's put in my heart. So, but, okay, but you did not learn Christ in this way. In fact, you have really heard him and have been taught by him. Just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life, personified in him. That regarding your previous way of life, put off your old self. Okay, for me, it was like, what was put off my old self? Because there was an old self to this guy. I had an identity that I was really trying to uphold. I had this image. You know, I got these tattoos. They won't erase. They're not going to go away. So that part of me is still there. But there's still things that I can let go of when it comes to that part of my identity. And the old man, I can talk differently. I can walk differently. I can communicate differently with people today. I'm putting off that old man. You know, people may see this guy and say, you know what, he, he looks like a gangster, but he doesn't talk like one. <clears throat> um, he may have the look, but he doesn't act like one. Uh, so it's putting off the old self, you know, and trying to not hold on to the things of the world that are out there so that when people identify with me now, they're not going to say, oh, this guy's still doing this, this, and that. This is what he's doing now. And this is what the scripture was saying to me. So, you know, that regarding your previous way of life that you put off your old self completely, Discard your former nature, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. My former nature was totally corrupted. The desires were corrupted. But they've been, they're, they're being put away. They've been put away. <clears throat> and be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. A continually renewing of the mind for me is being in communication with my God. Being in his word is going to keep my mind right. It's going to keep my spirit right. So that for me... I have to have that renewing of my mind and, and having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. My attitude has definitely got to be right. If I'm walking and talking in my walk with God, my attitude when I walk out that door, I want it to be right. I want people to recognize that there's not that old guy anymore, that there's this new guy today. And that's the guy that they want to communicate. They want to know, hey, what happened with you? How'd that happen? How'd you change? How'd, how'd this? Because a lot of people have told me, man, they can't believe it. And I'm like, well, if you can't believe it, believe this. I'm going to tell you what you're walking is, is a transformation that God did in a man. 
God did that. What you're seeing is something that God did. It wasn't something that I did. It, I was just faithful in my walk. That's all I wanted to do. I wanted to be faithful in it. I wanted to go through it. I knew it was going to be tough, and I knew it wasn't going to be easy. But I know it's not tough and easy out there either. It's not. So I'd rather be here going through these things because this walk of mine was going to change some things in me that we're gonna, I was going to have to let go of them. They were going to have to change. They were going to have to go because if I held on to them, and one of them was music, what I entertain, what I feed my mind and my spirit, it's still stuff that would talk about drugs. It would talk about women. Um, it was degrading to women. It was degrading. It was not a music that you'd probably want to listen to in front of your daughters. So those were things that I had to, for myself, let go. And, and Bishop never told me, hey, you need to change this. You need to change that in my walk. God put them convictions in my heart, and I changed them. But now that I'm in my walk two years down the road, if he tells me something out of obedience, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to it, and I'm going to, I'm going to be obedient to that because that's where I am in my walk today. It's not about what I want and my attitude and, oh, I'm not, I don't want to listen to what he has to say or the elders or the, God, the people that God's placed in our life because God places people in our life, men, women, uh, brothers, sisters. We're here for a reason. You know, some of our stories, everybody doesn't know my full testimony. Everybody, some of you guys know that I've been to prison, but I haven't shared my complete testimony or my story with you guys. Maybe there will be a day for that. It's not tonight, but I just want to finish up with this scripture. Um, so we can be continually remo- renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. And put on the new self, the regenerated and new, new nature. Okay, the new self for me, it's awkward. I'm going to tell you right now, change. When you start looking at yourself, you're like, man, who is this guy? Okay, when I started wearing a tie and I started wearing button-up shirts, it felt weird. Because it wasn't something that, I always, that I'd done before. You know, so it was change. But I was like, man, I didn't care what I looked like out there when I was 130 pounds on drugs. Um, picked up, running the streets for two or three days. But I want to worry about wearing a tie to church and wearing a button-up shirt. Come on. <laughs> no. So I had to put on this new self. And uh, so it, it's a renewed nature created in God's image. Godlike. In the righteousness and holiness of his truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. Gratitude is th- being thankfulness for your salvation. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for what God has me today. I'm thankful for being free from addiction. It's gratitude. This salvation that I have today, this peace that I have today, what I told somebody earlier today, I said, you know what God is? I think I told somebody this today. He's a, he's a mental health counselor. Because he will change some things in your mind when you get in communication with him. He can do a heart transplant in you because he can change the wickedness of your heart. Um, He's also a chemical dependency counselor. Because he can free you from addiction. Because he did that for me. And, you know, it's just God is, he's so many things when you apply him to your life. And so, therefore, you know, rejecting all all falsehood. Whether lying, defrauding, telling half-truths, spreading rumors. Any such as these, speak truth to each, to each one with his neighbor. <clears throat> Excuse me. For we are all parts of one another, and we, all, we are all parts of the body of Christ. We are all parts of this body. We're all different. We don't all look the same. We don't all talk the same. We all come from different backgrounds. This hand's different than this hand. My leg's different than the other one. We're all different. You know, so <clears throat> be angry at sin at immorality, at injustice, 
ungodly behavior. Yet do not sin. Do not let your anger cause you shame, nor allow it to last until the sun goes down. When I read this, when it said be angry at sin, I was like, well, what does that mean? I started praying. I was talking to God about what does that mean? How do you get angry at sin? Is it because it, I messed up and I did something wrong? Now I'm mad at that? I was thinking, okay, maybe, maybe that's it. When you find yourself doing something that you probably shouldn't have done, and you're like, man, why did I do that? That's angry, angry at sin. That's how I took it. But, and do not give the devil an opportunity to lead you into sin by holding a grudge or nurturing anger or harboring resentment or cultivating bitterness. Okay, the thief who has become a believer must no longer steal. Okay, I had to fill in the blank there. The thief who has become a believer must no longer steal. Okay, so I also put in the blank for myself. The addict who is no longer an addict must no longer get high. The liar who is no longer a liar must no longer lie. Okay, so, I, you know, you, these scriptures here, they, you can apply them to your life. You know, you can fill in things that apply to your life, things that bring meaning to your life, and say, you know what? God is going to put that change in that heart. He's going to change them things about you. <clears throat> so it says the thief who, who has become a believer, that was me. I was a thief at one time. I was an addict one time. I, I became a believer, but I must no longer steal. But instead, I must work hard making an honest living. I do that today through the grace of God. I make an honest living, and, and that's a blessing in my life. <clears throat> uh, producing that which is good with his own hands so that we will have something to share with those in need. See, God's given me something to share with those in need. A lot of us have come to Christ with need. A lot of us still have need today. We have it. We want it. We seek it. We pursue it. We ask God for it. And sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen, but we got to continue to walk in the faith. Stay faithful to it. Continue to pray on it. Don't think it will never happen. It will happen in God's time. Don't try to make it on your own. On your own. Because that's not something that I shared with this with Bishop yesterday. I said, you know, God, he's the author and the finisher of our lives. Okay, he's writing the story. You know, he's the beginning, the end, the alpha and the omega. Okay, if God got the pen in his hand, who are we to take it away and start writing our own story? Because once we take that pen away from God and we start writing the own story, it's not going to be the ending that we want to be. It's going to be an ending that we created and it's going to take us to places that we don't want to be. But if we let God write the story and do his will, his purpose, and his plan for our life, you're going to see fruit from that. You're going to see growth from that. And God's doing that in my life today. He's allowing these transformations. He's allowing me to see things, talk differently, share differently. I remember coming, being here, I, I think I was really super nervous to get up here and speak. I wasn't raised in church. That wasn't something that I was raised in. I, I mean, my parent, grandparents, they went to church, but it was like, I didn't want to be there. You know, I, I didn't. You know, I didn't want anything to do with it. And here I am today. Sharing, searching, seeking, because there's truth in here. There's truth in his word. Seek it. So do not let unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words come out of your mouth. I used to have the filthiest mouth ever. I used to cuss left and right. You know, I'm a, I'm a man of God today. When I'm at my job, I hear that talk all day long. Do I engage in it? No. Do I participate in it? No. And sometimes it's happening right around me. i got to know when to walk away from it because it's not something that I want to entertain. It's not something that I want to listen to or let a little seed of something get planted in my, my, my thoughts. You know, so I, I really have to watch my words and what I say and how I say them because we all have a process of thought and we all form sentences in our mind and we're all capable of 
thinking about what we say before we say it. You know, so, uh, <clears throat> but only such speech that is good for building up others according to the need of the occasion, so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. And do not grieve the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, but seek to please him by whom you were sealed and marked, branded as God's own for the day of redemption, the final deliverance from the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, perpetual animosity, resentment, strife, fault finding and slander be put away from you along with every kind of malice, all spitefulness, verbal abuse, malevolence. Be kind and helpful to one another, tender hearted, be compassionate, understanding, be forgiving of one another readily and freely just as God in Christ also forgave you. Today, I want to be loving and kind to people. That hasn't always been something that I was. I was an angry man. I was a violent man. I had a lot of pride, a lot of resentments. And I think the resentments are what, what hurt me and ate me up and kept me addicted to drugs for as long as they did because I couldn't forgive. I couldn't ask people for forgiveness. So I fed it with a needle or I fed it with a pipe. And, uh, you know, today I'm just going to encourage you, if you're a young person, um, if you're struggling with something, uh, struggling with a parent, a grandparent, um, you're in the right place tonight. You know, if you want to let something go and you want to find some healing in your life, you're in the right place tonight. Like I said, God, is, he's, he's multiple things. He can be your counselor. He can be your chemical dependency counselor. He can be your lover. He can be your friend. He can be your best friend. And that's what he is for me today. I'm just thankful that I get to share this tonight. God bless you. And uh, in Jesus' name. I don't know if I can follow that. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a wonderful thing to observe. The transformation of lives. And, and as you said, it's just not about an individual just changing their mind and deciding to change their life. It's submitting to the spirit of God. And allowing for that transformation to take place. The, the transforming of our, our of our life, but the renewing of our mind. Amen. By the word of God, which has got to coincide. It's got to happen together. <laughs> you know, I think that I would like to make, make an opportunity here tonight. Uh, Brother Guardado said, you're in the right place. And by the communication that just took place, I would say it's the right place time I'd like for uh, Sister Flowers to come to the keyboard The scripture says that no man cometh to God 
We don't come to him on our own accord, but there is a drawing. There is a conviction. Words are spoken, or we could say seed is planted, and it is those words from God that begin to quicken and move us and draw us either to a a change of heart, change of direction, change of desire. And sometimes it can take place in a moment of time, the, the, the beginning. Not everything happens all in a moment, okay? The transformation course, the process, the path, the road, it's the change of, di- of direction that can happen in a moment. And sometimes in our, in our problems and in our challenges, we can actually become vulnerable. We may refer to ourselves as uh, it was a weak moment. But what happens is, is the, the quickening power of the Holy Ghost begins to woo, the scripture says, draw. Come on, let me help you. Look, your sins may be as red as scarlet or crimson, and uh, but come let us reason together. Let me help you. Let me help you. Would you, would you just close your eyes for a minute? And let's pray for just a minute. Let's, let's wait on the presence of God in the house.
don't you go ahead and be seated? You know, change can come in a moment. There's a man that's been uh, attending in the uh, at the Puyallup congregation, and uh, he's been there a little while. He had come some time back, him and his wife together, and uh, then they disappeared. They disappeared for a long time, and and then he showed back up again, and he was a very broken man, a very wounded and in pain man, and he shared how his uh, the relationship in their home had eroded so bad, but he said, really, we just live in the same house, but we have no relationship, and we haven't for eight years. Matter of fact, they, they slept in different rooms for the last eight years. And I watched as the ministry would go forth through individuals that were not cognizant of the situation. And so in my dialoguing with him privately, I kept pointing to this. Do you realize how much ministry that's come forward has communicated to your situation over and over and over again? And he was constantly coming back saying, what should I do? What should I do? She's you know, serving me with papers for divorce, and she wants me to move out and rent another place, and, and I don't know what to do. And I said, don't do anything. You've just now turned your heart back to God. Wait for him. I mean, you just started this. Don't expect after seven days for everything to just, you know, turn around. And so he continued Matter of fact, he was at our at the pause meeting, and he was there fasting through the week, and, and he's been seeking the Lord like he's never sought God. He's attended a church for years, but he began to seek the Lord in a way that he'd never sought God. And the Word of God continued to speak to him and encourage him. And I got to tell you, even though I was standing on the Word and communicating the right principles of the Word to give him hope, I wasn't sure how, how much hope I had for the situation with all the details he was sharing with me. But I was trying my best to do my part to help him hold on to God and not reason this thing out. Well, one morning I was sitting in the back of the church. I just walked in and he walked up and he said, Something's happening. I said, well, what do you mean? He said, I have, something's happening. He said, my wife handed me the, the papers, and she said, I've got these papers. What do I do with them? And he said, I did what I've never done. I took first position in the relationship, and he said, we're going to set them right here, and we're not going to do anything until God tells us. He said when he turned around, she stood up and she wrapped her arms around him and said, I love you. I think it shocked me more than it shocked him. In a moment, God can turn a page. He truly is the author and the finisher of our faith. He holds the pen in his hand, and at any given moment, according to his plan and the surrender of our hearts, 
He can turn the page. There's nobody untouchable. There's nobody unreachable. There's nobody that's gone too far. Now, circumstances would tell us otherwise. But there's... I remember years ago when I had concluded I would make all important decisions when I got up from the altar. Because facing the circumstances of seven days, it seems like everything can oppose what is right or God's right direction. But in a spiritual service, when word is being communicated forth and there is an expression of faith for a particular direction, and then laying out before God in, a, in, a, in an altar of prayer and waiting upon him, getting up, that's the time to make important decisions in life. That's when your head's clear. That's when you're thinking straight. And it's void of all the circumstantial evidence. Change can come in a moment. Let's pray again. Some people have lost faith in the ability for change for their own self. I'm telling you, change can come in a moment. A transformation experience can come from God, by the hand of God, by the touch of God that can turn things for you, for your situation. For your children, for your loved ones, praise God, praise God. Praise God. When I hear testimonies like this, it just helps me to know and reaffirm, again, there's nobody untouchable. The love of God can reach to any individual. When I hear of testimonies of that marital situation and see that something has begun to turn, it lets me know it doesn't matter how long a situation has persisted, it can change in a moment. Joseph waited in prison year after year after year after year after year after year. Until the day that jailer walked in and said, pack your bags, shave, put on your shoes, let's go. You've got an appointment. And from that day forward, there was no going back. These are examples written for us. I'd like to do something here. Sorry to bother you, Sister Flowers. Why don't you come back up? I would dare say that many here tonight have a name, not your name, 
but a name that represents a situation, a family member, somebody, something, that in the receiving of the ministry that's taken place here tonight, that name comes to your mind afresh. Maybe others know about it. Maybe nobody knows this individual. But it's a name that returns to you from time to time when there's an expression of faith. Like what we're talking about tonight, that name comes back to you. I wonder if by faith tonight, you will come and stand and speak that name to the Lord. In this environment, you're in the right place. As Sister Flowers ministers in song, I don't want you to speak the name to me or to anybody around you. This is, this is what you're doing in an expression of faith to God. And by, by making this expression, what you're doing is you are exhibiting faith. You are exhibiting your faith in God. That what you heard tonight was something that brought you to this recognition. And you want to speak that name tonight. I'm going to give everybody a minute here. Go ahead and sing. However you feel to speak it out. Whatever circumstances you feel to tag it to. This is information only that you have. Come on, he hears every word. He hears you tonight. He waits on your petition in the expression of your faith. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, with God all things are possible. To them that believe and call upon his name. With God all things are possible. To them that believe and call upon his name in the name of Jesus.
Will you take this? Will you take this with you? Amen. Take it with you. What was done and said here for tonight was for a reason, for a purpose. I hate to just think, all right, we, we crossed another night off the calendar. No, the Lord is doing things. He's instilling things into our spirit tonight. Amen. You're dismissed. Amen.